Welcome in to Arrowhead Pride Radio. And the Holmes is on fire! Here's the editor-in-chief of Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens. Let it begin. Six o'clock on a Wednesday night, 610 Sports Radio, Arrowhead Pride takes over. Um, I'm just forced to be here. They say Pete Sweeney's name first, so you know that he's more important on these Wednesday nights, as he should be. He's uh, he's live from the field. He's live at practice. Gets to see things that we don't get to see and uh, talks to the people that you want to hear from. So, Pete, it's uh, it's another Wednesday. Football season is, is coming to an end, um, even though this week feels really weird for obvious reasons. But how are you this evening? I'm good. I, I'd like to good. think we're, Anyways, we're of equal um, importance here okay. our, our head part radio. Yeah. I don't know about equal importance. Okay. If we base it off followers. Sure. Big time. Okay. Um, doing it a little bit differently. If you have a question about this upcoming week or anything like that, go to Arrow at Arrowhead Pride Twitter. Um, ask away, and then we will answer those questions at the end of the show. Um, also, you can use the text line, the uh, Jay's Southland Tow Service text line, 913-586-7610. Jay's Southland Tow Service. Jay's. Deep down, we all know that's Binkley's. Um, it's not, but, uh, does Binkley tow? I, he seems like he could be a tow truck driver. Yeah. Chaw. Mm-hmm. Loves to talk sports. Yep. Tow truck driver, yeah. bro. Okay. Jay Binkley's. Uh, that's right. Southland tow service. Jay Binkley's Southland tow service. Yep. Yeah. I would go from being pissed to like extremely happy if that was my tow truck driver. <laughs> like, great. Now I got to go all the way down to the city and drop this thing off. And then I would just get to hear. Chiefs talk, and I'd be like, okay, this is going to make the drive a little bit more appeasable. He'll talk to you about the Chiefs the whole way home. Yeah, but uh, we get to talk to you tonight, Pete Sweeney. Then again, we'll talk to Ron Cop Jr. Mm. at 615, uh, the chief, uh, not the chief editor, you're the chief editor. Um, lead analyst. Lead analyst. You're on a roll I know, man. It. Hey, man, call me Butter. Uh, Happy but New Year. Thank you very much. I hope you had a good New Year as well. Thank you. Um, so I want to start the show off with, with Andrew Filipponi's tweet. And he, obviously, I'm sure you've seen this already. Uh, th- I guess the narrative moving forward right now is for the Chiefs to just control what they can control. Right. There's really nothing else outside of that very vague cliche saying that you can do. But he does say that Pro Football Talk says on 93.7 The Fan, he got win from high-level NFL people that the following NFL schedule could happen. Week 19, the Bengals and Bills play. The NFC wildcard playoffs begin. And the AFC playoff by week. So everybody in the AFC has a buy. Then in week 20, so the following weekend, yeah. the AFC wildcard playoffs begin. The NFC playoff week, uh, the NFC playoff by week is then there. Mm-hmm. So technically NFC bye-bye. Um, and then you make up the game and then you would see how the rest would develop. So again, first off, play and beat Vegas on Saturday right? and just kind of control you control. And if this is one of the things that maybe Florio's hearing, he seems to be somebody high up your, uh, your initial reaction. Well, I think there's a, a lot to unpack as they say. I think the first thing is, I don't know if we get a decision until there is some clarity with what's going on with DeMar Hamlin. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm not sure when we get that. So I think the NFL will carry on and play the games this weekend for week 18 and then sort of wait to hear the, the news 
out of Cincinnati when it comes to this Buffalo Bills safety. They'll get through the weekend of games. It, it does seem like both Cincinnati and Buffalo will play their games as scheduled. The Cincinnati game against the Ravens was announced to be 1 p.m. I think in the grand scheme of things, because this game has such an impact on both the playoffs, the bye week, who wins the Super Bowl by proxy, right? You have to play it, especially if the Chiefs are able to win, which we expect on Saturday, and then Buffalo would need to win the two games to do it. Mm. I also don't think that you could have the entire week end playoffs and everyone in the in the league wait for one single game. I, I don't think you could push out what would be not 32, just 12 other football cities that are still alive in the postseason to wait for one game. This scenario, and you got you got to say to yourself, okay, this scenario is the best of a lot of bad choices. There is not a good choice of what to do with the final game here that will go unplayed. And so to me, I, I think – what you'll see is maybe them lean into this. This is the best idea of a lot of bad ideas, and you still have the NFC playoffs. Everyone in the AFC that's remaining in the playoffs would get a, a buy, which isn't ideal. But, I, again, I, I think the worst thing for me would be not playing the game at all. And I, I've talked to some Chiefs fans, and I've seen mentions and things like that, and I think largely everybody's in agreement. Of course, everyone here wants to see the Chiefs get the first seed, but not like this. And I just don't feel it would be completely earned if you had this terrible scenario, which I, I believe the NFL made the right decision to delay everything, but this terrible scenario, and just because of that, you get the one seed, I don't think that would feel right. It's a new week in the NFL, which means it's time to take a look at the new injury report for the Chiefs. All right, so the the fellas got kind of beat up in uh, in, in that game against Denver. Legereus Sneed, um... Harrison Butker with the back tightness. He seems to be a hot commodity around these parts of the city. But the injury report today, McCall Hardman back at practice. Sean, your tweet, Pete. Uh, Legereus Sneed. Uh, <laughs> tell us about the uh, the players that might have been banged up that, that maybe showed a little bit more promise. Yeah, so the big news today when it comes to the Chiefs injury report is that McCall Hardman is on. And when you're on injured reserve, you don't have to to be on the injury report, and the Chiefs ended up activating him today. I don't know if that necessarily means he plays on Saturday against the Raiders. He did suffer a setback last week and and ended up not playing. He was limited in practice today, and so it's just wait and see on McCole Hardman. Legereus Steed was back to practice. That's a good sign. He was limited as well. Joe Tooney, limited now for two days in a row. When Joe Tooney last injured this ankle, we did see him have limited practice, but he then ended up missing games. So just because Tooney's still involved in practice doesn't mean he necessarily plays on Saturday. I would actually tend to think that they give him the week off and let Good. him heal up and let Nick Allegretti man that left guard position. I mentioned Sky Moore in my tweet, and he cut up his hand pretty good. He really did. He What is that, just like a seam that went through there? It was like, the inside of the hand, and the way that Andy Reid described it today was kind of gross. He said that he split his hand that required uh, some some – what do they call stitches? And so that's what they call them. I don't know if there's another name. Sutures? Sutures. Andy <laughs> Reid said sutures. Today, yeah, to, I bet. To, to, of course he did. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, so like, uh, he sutured up. So Scott is, is both stitch and sutured up. <laughs> stitch and more. I really only saw him during this brief media 
portion, and he was playing with the football, trying to see how it felt like in his hands. I don't think he did much. Mm. I tend to think he gets the week off as well, but they are trying to keep him in the mix and active. The big story today, besides Hartman getting activated, which I already mentioned, is Harrison Butker sort of mysteriously mispracticed. He, he came in today with some back spasms. The Chiefs held him out, mm-hmm. and Andy Reid has not ruled out bringing in another kicker. Made it very clear. Nothing to do with performance issues, even though he has had performance issues in recent recent weeks. I just tend to think that Matthew Wright, who had been with the Chiefs for two spot starts, did a nice job with extra points, but perfect on extra points this year, has missed two kicks. I think he'll be back in the mix as they see what happens with Butker. It does create an interesting scenario because let's say in this hypothetical that Harrison Butker is out this weekend because of this back, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe you do get a week off. Who knows? We're going to see how that plays out. Yeah. What if Matt Wright comes in and just drills kicks and is perfect and then Harrison is healthy? Like, it, it is a little bit of an interesting scenario developing with the kicker position. I think you hope that Harrison Butker is, is back at practice, but Andy Reid wouldn't say that they wouldn't bring someone in. So it is something to watch uh, in the specialists. Room. Mr. Right and Mr. Right Now kind of comes to an effect uh, for the Kansas City A lot of different Chiefs. spellings there, yeah. Looked like... Uh, could be a W. Uh, it looked like the only thing that was really significant on the Raiders side was Josh Jacobs. I think that I saw downgraded from, from limited to, to did not participate. And it was personal. Yeah. So that might just be. He's listed with a hip oblique purse designation right now. Yeah. It was personal. So we'll see. Uh, yeah. That would be a, an awfully good break for the chiefs. If, if Josh Jacobs weren't to participate in this game, I mean, you know, you're not talking about Derek Carr quarterback. You're talking about Jarrett Stidham in his second start of the season. I know that, that Bink was saying earlier that he had a historic first game, but to me, <laughs> I think you're, you're taking Patrick Mahomes over Jared Stidham in, in any kind of contest. Yeah, because that, that game was more so I feel like Sam Fran just showed up and was like, yeah, come on. Right, I mean. It didn't really look like it was anything of concern you can, where you're like, oh, my God, this Raiders team, which is – Let's rally behind this Jared Sidham guy, and then Devontae Adams finally came to life. But well, I, don't, I, I don't think that it. that idea of something new does juice teams up. I think you saw it last week with the Broncos. Here yeah. we have a new coach, and then what usually happens a week later, All right, comes back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity, and you see players come back to earth. You see yeah. the Cinderella turn into a pumpkin. I tend to think that happens with Jared. Stidham. It's an eight-mile stretch to the playoffs for the Kansas City Chiefs. But when we come back, we talk to Ron Kopp of Arrowhead Pride, lead analyst Ron Kopp here on the Arrowhead Pride Radio Show on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. That's right. I'm pretty sure this is his theme song. RKJ, baby. Ron Cobb Jr., welcome to the show. It is Arrowhead Pride Radio. Pete Sweeney, your boss. I am nothing but a friend. How are you this evening? Absolutely a friend. Uh, right. No, I'm, I'm good. It's been a very weird week. Right. Professionally, you know, doing what, what I do. And, uh, you know, it's it's. You hate that, you know, we're still not, we don't, still don't have much clearance on all of that, but, um, you know, hey, we're, we're here to talk football. We're here to, you know, maybe, you know, take minds off of all that. So what's going on? Not much, man. I think uh, the best way to sum that up that I, I tried to last night is sometimes you got to be the voice of the in-between. You know, you, you want to you wanna let people know you care, but you also want to 
keep people's minds out of the, you know, the, right. the gloom and doom and try to give them some sort of, of insight. And so uh, what better time than to, to dive into that with you, the guy who is the lead analyst and, and sees everything. And you are the eyes of the city is what I like to call you from here on out. So <laughs> to me, the thing is, and the question I want to start out with is this offense seems to be really, really good. But the one thing they're not good at is, is costly turnovers. And with the playoffs coming up and, and I, I saw a, a video of yours on Twitter where Mahomes seems to be just like fractions off with the back shoulder that can lead to interceptions or lead to those deflected passes that end up being interceptions. And then the team has a turnover and lets these, you know, unequal or maybe less, you know, or more superior, less superior teams to the chiefs. They let them stay in these games. I maybe mean, that's what's causing the playing down to your competition, but long question asked, but how do they control cleaning up these turnovers, moving into the, uh, the most serious part of the season? Yeah, you know, it is something where, you know, it's not only the offense, right? It's a special teams problem, too. You know, Tony dropping the punt this week was a big part of that, led directly to a Denver touchdown. You know, it is just something where it's discipline, and it's something that we've talked about all year. You've kind of hoped that that turnover margin, um, you know, it's one of the worst in the Andy Reid era. You've kind of just, you know, something I kind of banked on was, hey, you know, it's going to come back to, it's going to regress to the mean, right? You know, it, you know, the Chiefs are always this positive turnover team. And now this year they're negative five, negative six, like they were at one point. It's going to crawl, you know, it's going to creep back towards average. And it has a little bit, right? You know, they have forced a few more turnovers in recent weeks, but <laughs> then they give it away. And then obviously that, that, that hurts it. So all I can say about it is, is, is you just got to hope that it's about being locked in. I do think something like you mentioned, the things I've, I've pointed out about Mahomes in week 17, you know, part of me really believes that it's hard to get super locked in and where they're at. And, you know, I hate to say it was New Year's Day, man. You know, I, I, he's a young guy. New Year's Eve was the night before. Who knows, man? Um, and so I just – that's where I come back to in the postseason. This team's going to be locked in. This team has been waiting all year for, you know, Mahomes, as crazy as it is, him being so young. I mean, he his whole – you know, he's already been through the regular season and, and, and he knows, you know, the playoffs. He knows how much different it is and he's kind of gearing up for it. So I'm still I, – I still don't feel too concerned about it. I really think the special teams more is the – the scary part about it in terms of offensive and offense and the turnovers they have. I just think it's about being locked in. And, and I really think you'll see them at their most locked in, uh, obviously once the postseason starts. Yeah. We're talking with Ron Copper, lead analyst at Arrowhead pride, Pete Sweeney and dusty Likens here on Arrowhead pride radio, Six Ten sports radio. The kicking game is going to be what it is simply needs to be better. I don't know how much film breakdown you can do with, the kicking game. I think the other big news of today, besides Harrison Butker being out of practice, is Nicole Hardman being on the 53-man roster again. We'll see if he is active this week. I, I tend to think maybe the Chiefs give him another week. But if he is, what is the ceiling for Tony and Hardman being on the field at the same time? Right. It's really interesting because we haven't seen it much at all this year besides you know one narrow you know, passing where, you know, Tony just got on the team and, and Hardman just before he got hurt. It is fascinating, man, because I really like what they, how the, the times they've used Tony in Hardman role, those jet sweeps, you know, getting him in space and getting him to read blocks. And because he has really good vision. I know I've talked about it on the show before. And so that's why I really like him and, you know, catching the ball in space and kind of making plays. But that's the thing, you know, Hardman just has the same, you know, the same type of skills, but just in a different way almost where, you know, maybe he's not the greatest to, to change direction or, or, you know, maybe, you know, go through holes like, you know, like Tony did on that one jet sweep touchdown against Seattle. 
but he's going to hit a hole and then no one's yeah. going to be able to touch him because he's so fast. And that's where we've seen some of these, you know, last year in the Bills game, we saw a 20 yard jet sweep touchdown. That was a huge part of the postseason game. That's going to be a huge part of the playoffs. And so I just think you've seen Tony do some of that stuff. I still think they like Hardman in that in those roles more. And then you see Tony, you know, with all these creative ways are getting him the ball, you know, last, this last week he was coming out of the backfield on a wheel route and that's what his 38 yard completion came from. He had another big catch on just a, a you know, a regular crossing route that, that just, it, it does seem like they like to use Tony more in that receiver role. He could do both, mm. but I think once Hardman gets back, he, he's definitely back in his, you know, the, the role we all know and love him for, you know, that big play, big, you know, big possibility for it, but maybe kind of a, you know, maybe not as a, you know, maybe not the highest snap count. Right. I do think Tony gives you just more legitimate receiving reps and, you know, with the way he plays sometimes, man, it seems like he could be the team's leading receiver if he really needs to be. So I just think you see Tony as that legit, you know, that straight up receiver, Hardman more in his gadget role. And I think, you know, them two together is, is really dangerous on the field. So I, I definitely think it could, it could maximize the ceiling quite a bit for this offense. So Ron, Jarek McKinnon is just like Damian Williams 2.0 going down the stretch, heading into the playoffs, just like he was in, uh, in 19. It sure seems like it, man. No, I, I love it. You know, it's actually, I want to say, I want to give a shout out to Brian Stewart at Arrowhead Pride. He was the one last year who kind of made this comparison as McKinnon started to get going that he looked kind of like Jerk or like Damian Williams in the playoffs. And I do think there's a lot of similar play mm-hmm. styles and, and especially that ability to just look so easy or so comfortable in the pass game, you know, catching passes out of the backfield, smoothly transitioning upfield, um, gaining the, the maximum amount of yards. Well, here's the thing. Not only that, you know, you saw, him, you saw this this week. He actually lined up out at wide receiver in an empty set and ran a 15-yard in, and Mahomes hit him. I mean, it was a straight-up receiver route that Jared McKinnon ran, and he gained 28 yards on it. That just tells you, man, how versatile he is and how much they can use him in different ways. I think you'll even see his role expanded more um, in the pass game. I think we, we're, there's wrinkles, kind of like what I just mentioned. I don't think we've seen that all year. I think that may be a wrinkle that, you know, we see more and more in the postseason is getting McKinnon more uh, unique ways to get the ball. Which defensive player has the best postseason out of these three? Nick Bolton, George Karloftis, Legarius Sneed. Oh, I love that question, Pete. I love mm. that question. Mm. Oh man, that was tough. You know Juicy. what? I'm going to go Sneed. I'm going to go Sneed, though. I'm going to go Sneed. Um, and the reason is, is he is just such a versatile playmaker. He can make plays at every level of the field. He can pick passes off. He can make a make a sack. And I do think there is something too. We talked about it a little bit here. Steve Spagnuolo, maybe with all these rookies, you know, all year kind of maybe getting his guys going, maybe getting their feet under him, you know, maybe not being as chaotic, as creative with the, you know, with his third down packages, his blitz packages. Well, it's all, you know, it's all hands on deck in the postseason. And so that's where maybe Sneed's, you know, Sneed's weaponry, his his versatility really pops out. So I'm going to go Sneed. I think Spags weaponizes him a lot in the playoffs. All right, Ron, last one, then we'll get to the uh, the future. Sorry, that's just aliens uh but uh, <laughs> they're here yeah. uh no so how do the how do the chiefs finish the season off on a high note not have one of those play to the competition type of games against the raiders and a team who we all feel bad for for revenging Derek carr yeah i i do think there's definitely that possibility and you know especially with the, how the raiders played last week i don't think anyone can take them lightly but i will say i, I do think they just need to i think in this denver game you saw that there wasn't the effort in the run game, um, you know, kind of the effort firing out of blocks, I just didn't seem as much there. I think they really just need to, to, to have that high effort, especially in the run game. 
If they can just really, you know, come out and bully a team's front, which they should be able to Raiders defense, they are not the strongest up, up the middle. Um, I, I do think that can just kind of set the tone, set the pace, and, and make everything else easier. But if you don't bring that effort, that energy in the run game, you know, it just makes the pass game harder. And, and obviously, you know, if the pass game's harder, then you're not scoring as much, and your defense has more stress on them. So if they can just get to tell the offensive line, hey, get, you know, get your butt together. Let's go, you know, 40 or 60 minutes, I should say, of just ground, you know, let's just fire off the ball. Let's, let's get out of here with the dub. I think that's the most important part because everything else kind of falls uh, off of that. Nice. Ron, what do you got for the future of this week for the Raiders-Chiefs matchup on Saturday at 3.30? Yeah, well, I, I said it's been a weird week professionally, man. It, it definitely felt weird to break down football um, with the DeMar Hamlin stuff. I'm sure you guys have mentioned that on this show. But, you know, uh, it is football, and, you know, it, it, I, I do you know, I do enjoy breaking it down. So I do got my uh, – I'm going to have a Mahomes. I'm going to – what we talked about a little bit with Mahomes against Denver, some of the things that maybe we could learn – about that game that apply to the postseason, what maybe to overreact, underreact to, because he did have some off throws and we're, I'm look at all that. But besides that too, I'm just going to have my five things to watch and, and, and just a little preview of kind of what we saw from the Raiders last week without Derek Carl, kind of looking to Stidham's performance and, and show you exactly, you know, what to expect from the new Raiders quarterback all of a sudden. So that's what to look for on arrowheadpride.com. All right, Ron, we'll continue to do you and uh, do exactly what you do. And that's good stuff over there at Ed Pride. Appreciate you, Dusty. Appreciate you, boss. What a tease. What a tease. Love to see it. You, I mean, that's what you, you... For the website. What you pay the radio guys to do, man. Set them up, and I'll knock them down. You know what I mean? <laughs> let Ron come in here. Let you know what's coming up for Vegas. Saturday, cheat day. Not mm. Sunday. You get a cheat day this week. Cheat day. Yeah. You don't have to do anything Sunday. That's going to feel good. When's the last time you haven't done anything on a Sunday? I been do, a while. I, I will say, pulling the curtain back a little bit, okay. I really do enjoy when the Chiefs get the Monday night or the Thursday night or do have a Saturday mm. like this yeah. because can actually hang out with uh, the friends. You know, we don't really have media from Saturday. We'll pick up back up on Monday. So can have a, a nice day on, on Sunday to watch, watch some games, watch, watch what happens around the league. Might have a couple of Sundays off if all uh, goes in the chief's order. <laughs> yeah, but we'll see. Who knows? Uh, Pete Sweeney. Thanks to Ron Cobb Jr. For joining the show. The lead analyst at Arrowhead pride. I'm Dusty. Like, as we come back, we'll ask Pete a couple questions. Plus make sure you get your questions in at Arrowhead pride on Twitter Ask anything you want about this upcoming week. What's on your mind? Chiefs questions. And then also 913-586-7610. Pete Sweeney, Dusty Leggett, Grant Nicholson here on Arrowhead Pride Radio on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs 610 Sports Radio. Back in on Arrowhead Pride Radio, Dusty Likens with you, Pete Sweeney with you as well. Grant Nicholson, he's here in spirit. That's really weird to say, but he's here physically. He's right there. I see him. Yeah, in his la- in his luscious lavender, man. K State lavender. Yeah, man. They just put a hundred on Texas. They should have went to the lavenders sooner than than they did. I think. I wish they could wear them every game. Yeah. Well. Maybe if, they wore can't those, maybe if they wore those against Alabama, you'd have a different outcome. Oh, wow. I mean, uh, really, what I'm, did you expect? Did you see when they came out to the middle of the field? There's like Bama's like Goliath Giants, and then it's like Deuce Vaughn and K-State, and you're like, eh. Hmm. Eh. Hmm. Hey, man. Really opening up Grant's wound there. Ah, he's a tough cat. A lot, he's of, doing all right. a lot of salt there. We though. talked after the game. He's fine. A couple seconds so, ago. Now, there's somebody that he'd probably like to. Oh. Grant would? Oh, yeah. Grant's got a hook on him, man. 
Great, you got a hook on you? Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. You remember Mirko Krokop? Sure. Irrelevant. Um, but what's not is... Uh, Evander Holyfield. Thanks to Ron, uh, Ron Cop Jr., RKJ of Arrowhead Pride. Remember, if you have a question for Pete or Arrowhead Pride, 913-586-716, or at Arrowhead Pride on Twitter. Um, but this is where I get to pick your brain, Pete. Um, the last time the Chiefs with Mahomes and Andy Reid, mm-hmm. um, they, maybe this year is significant to you. I don't know. Um, last time the Chiefs swept the AFC West was in 2019. I can't remember if that was a pretty big year. Uh, or not for the cheese, but they swept the AFC West and they are potentially about to do the same thing again. Mahomes never lost on the road right uh, to the division. Um, and I believe Andy Reed is something like 16 and three, according to Jay Binkley against the Raiders oh. in his career. So again, here we go again. You got a chance to sweep the division a second time in the Mahomes and Andy Reed era. What does this mean for this year's team? Because this was a team that was supposed to finish third in a tough division, maybe the toughest we've ever seen. Yeah, well, it wasn't. It was the worst division in the NFL <laughs> at times, as it turned out. And so you should go 6-0 and against this division. I think it's still tough to win division games. I, I think you saw that last week, and you, you've seen that throughout the year because mm-hmm. these teams know you so well. You're preparing more for the division teams than you do any other team in the league. And so for Mahomes to have done what he has done, and, and it's the team too, but it is Mahomes, and to have gone on the road and been so good on the road against these teams, never lost a division game on the road, uh, and just to have that as part of your resume is is wildly impressive. And I, I think it's a good thing, right? The Chiefs always say this, and, and it must be something they say in the initial locker rooms of training camp because there's a number of players who say this, whereas the first goal is to win the AFC West. The second goal is to win the AFC and get the bye, and then the third goal is to win the playoffs and and get to the Super Bowl. And so now they're on goal number two, but as part of that, they have a chance here to sweep the AFC West and, and life is good when you're winning your division games makes things a lot easier in the NFL. Do you think it's divisional opponent because they see you more or is because like the stakes rise a little bit more because they want brag. I I just don't understand. And I get, I think turnovers are the reason why certain games can be now Mahomes interception. The ends of this last weekend was pretty uncharacteristic, but it seems like, Denver's going to play you close. Chargers always play you close, but it seems like the Raiders are the team that you kind of had the number on. And I think where we can go to this next part of this segment is, is this where you end that? Like, okay, Houston was close. Denver was close. Vegas cannot be close. Like this is the well, game where you, you blow them out, right? It's the last week of the season. Vegas has nothing to play for their, their quarterbacks out the door. Their head coach can't be fired because they're poor. And <laughs> it, it, these are facts. I, and and it, is this the game where they check out? I think the, this is the game where if you're the chiefs, you really want to see a complete effort and have no hiccups with special teams. If you're the offense, you've only had three games, which is amazing that they're, as as good as they are, you had three games this year in which you had no turnovers. You're somehow thirteen and three. Having no turnovers again to end the season would be good. And if the offense is not turning the football over, they're probably scoring north of thirty points. So you feel pretty good about that. Defensively, you'd like to see more of a repeat of the Seahawks game than some of the problems that happened against the Broncos. Mm-hmm. I just think it it doesn't even need to be a blowout. I don't care if it's if it's you know 
you're scoring 40 points against the Raiders, 40 to 10, or, you know, mm. it's just a complete effort. Even if the Raiders are able to get you a couple times, they do have Devontae Adams, who looks just as amazing as he always had. So I, I think it's fair to assume, especially against some rookie DBs, Devontae's going to get you. But, man, a comfortable 30-ish to 17 win where you didn't really make a lot of mistakes, I think you'd feel pretty good going into the playoffs. How do you feel personally about this team heading to the playoffs? Well, I know there's a I, lot of unanswered, right? Like we don't yeah. know the seating yet, which is still unclear, but I think I think they're good enough to win the Super Bowl. But I also think there's a few teams that are good enough in the AFC to win the Super Bowl. I think in previous seasons it really there was this feel of the Chiefs are the best and everyone's trying to to claw and catch up whereas this year I feel a little bit more like Buffalo can play with the Chiefs, uh, Cincinnati can play with the Chiefs. I look at the Chargers, and I think the Chiefs have the Chargers number, but this is still a division team, and everyone knows the the football cliche, right? It's really tough to beat a team three times in, in a single season. The Chargers have gotten the Chiefs a few times, and so there are some teams out there that I think would, would give the Chiefs some good games. And I, I think the biggest thing for them is this damn turnover differential. If you're turning the football over like you have against these lesser teams, you'll be in games with these lesser teams. If you do it against the elite teams – you might lose, especially when you have the entire season on the line. So they just got to clean it up, and the, the whole kicking operation needs to be better. We'll see what happens with this Butker injury. Special teams needs to be better, and you got to clean up the turnovers. If they do those two things, which are fixable at this stage, mm-hmm. like there's, sometimes you get to the end of the year and you're like, well, this aspect, is, is, it is what it is until next year. We just got to win despite it. But turnovers and the kicking game is fixable. So if those two things are, are good, just, it's going to be hard to beat the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes. It just, it just is, but we just have not seen that. So I think a complete game is what I'm looking for against the Raiders. Who is the most concerning factor on this team going into the playoffs, the special teams or the turnovers? Like, what's What has you in more fear of losing a game? Turnovers right now, despite it coming from a lot of different players, feels more fixable. Like, ball security feels fixable. This kicking game has been a weird all year. And even... I don't know. Let's even just say it's like a 42-yarder, which in previous seasons, Harrison Butker would have just drilled, and there would have mm-hmm. been no, no chance. Like, Let's say you're down three points at the end of a, a game, and against these teams that can play with the Chiefs, you might be. Are we feeling that good about a 42-yarder right now? I don't think we are, and I don't think that's fixable in a week. I, I think the Chiefs are going to have to win in despite of that, and part of, the, of doing that will be not turning the, the football over because every time you turn the football over, the margin gets smaller. Who's the scariest team in the playoffs not called Buffalo or Cincinnati? So like mm. a divisional round or a wild card round team that maybe you have to play uh in the playoffs that isn't one of the one of the top notch guys like the So <sighs> people laugh at me for this. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be the biggest fan. Like let's say the Chiefs win the the bye week and let's say the standings stay as they are. And it's Buffalo and Cincinnati, right? Uh-huh. And they link up in the division round, and Jacksonville knocks off the team. I don't love Trevor Lawrence and that Jags team with house money coming into Arrowhead. You know, you asked me for a team not including Buffalo and Cincinnati. Uh-huh. Ja- the Jaguars have very, 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 very quietly been playing some really good football at the end of the season. It's house money. It's a quarterback that is showing, again, only in this last stretch, that he can play with some of the top quarterbacks in the league. And you need that if you're going to pull off some kind of miracle I said it last week. You can laugh at me if you want. Whatever. 
I don't like the idea of a Jaguars matchup. He's going to go full Mark Brunel, 1998 or whatever year that was, where he had his run. It's it's just a matchup that I like wouldn't love. Like you have Trevor Lawrence, who's this renegade, who's finally coming into his own, and he's trying to knock off the guy who's been the guy for the past couple of years. You have Doug Peterson, who a lot of these guys who have been under Andy Reid, they know him better than anybody, and I think you have the weapons to to score. With Kansas City, the defense has been a little up and down during the year, and I think the Chiefs would win, but I, I just think it would be a much scarier matchup than people would give it credit for on paper. I don't want to see the Chargers. I don't know why. Call me crazy. Have their number. Whatever. I don't want to see I don't want to see a Chiefs-Chargers matchup. I think that's, that's fair the biggest too. fear. Yeah, and, and that's probably, and to, to be fair to my point and, and to be fair to probably all the people listening, mm. That's probably the most common answer is if you're taking Buffalo and Cincinnati out of it, yeah. you probably don't want to see Los Angeles. And I think that's fair, too. I just wanted to mention the Jags again because I just I just think there's something about this team that feels a little spicy. I just, But you're going to have to see one of these teams. House right? money, man. It's a dangerous thing to have. The thing is you would take Jacksonville or L.A. over having to play Cincinnati and Buffalo all day, every day. Right? Oh, so yeah. it's just in the It's just in the parameters of the question you're asking me. But I, I, I tend to think the Jags are, are interesting. I like it. I like it. T-Law, baby. Trevor Lawrence and Dougie P. Uh, Pete Sweeney, Dusty Likens, Grant Nicholson with you. Again, 913-586-7610, J. Southland, Toast Service, text line, or at Arrowhead Pride on Twitter. If you have a question for Pete, it is the mailbag time next here on Arrowhead Pride Radio and 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Five time. Five time. That's right. You know what this would be perfect for is if the Chiefs do end up hosting the AFC title game for a fifth time. Oh, my gosh. I'll do a live bit. You know what would be funny is if we just did like a live bit promo on the corner of Shawnee Mission Parkway and Metcalf. Okay. And just did like a live radio bit. And instead of doing like an interview, it's like, here's what I'm going to do, Pete. Um, you know, I don't know where we're going with it right now, but it could be something. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if like the police Booker or Johnny Mission would like tell Dust, us to stop. Booker T, Dusty L. Yeah. And then you finish with a spin rooney. Maybe. Or maybe something of my own, you know, because I'm creative. Mm. I don't want to take it completely away from Book. Okay. What a guy, man. Mm. Got fired by Triple H, too. Scissor kick, yeah. Book end. Underrated finisher. Uh, Pete Sweeney, Dusty Likens, Grant Nicholson here. It is uh, it is that time of the night for the... Uh... Every week, send us your questions on Twitter. Oh, my God. And at 610 Sports KC. What? Now it's time for the mail. Level up. Level up. All right. <sighs> Good We're morning. Yeah. Who needs espresso? Not I. When you got the mail bag. Um... But it is that time every week that we do this where you get to ask Pete questions. We'll get to pick your brain. Pete, not me, the people. But real quick, for those of you, Grant, if you could just kind of pot this down for a little bit, kind of serious note. Uh, Arrowhead, uh, the stadium, GEHA Field or Arrowhead Stadium, um, they have lit the entire thing up blue with a Hamlin 3 on Aerovision. Pretty cool sight. If you don't want to, if you haven't seen it yet, you can go to Twitter. The Chiefs have tweeted for DeMar with a heart emoji. And it is a Hamlin three jersey on Aerovision, the entire stadium blue. Pretty cool. Yeah, it's a it's it's a reminder that these guys are are 
of brotherhood. That was what Patrick Mahomes was saying a little bit earlier today, right? That the Bills, you could say, have been the biggest rival to the Chiefs these past couple of years by far, even more than the division that, that they're just killing each and every year. And so I think to do this, this is, I mean, just another example of how the NFL regards each other as family, and it doesn't really matter, you know, the, the results of the games and the right. rivalries when something like this happens. Okay, so first question is from Ethan Gaines. Uh, check mark, by the way. Uh, blue check mark from one Ethan Gaines. Uh, how scary will this offense be with McColl and Tony um, on the field at the same time? Question mark, Pete. Well, this is it, this is the theme of the show, and mm-hmm. and I think it it's such a such an advantage for Kansas City. I I added if if you're talking about skill position players and that type of of maximum production for the Chiefs think about what those two guys Hardman and Tony could do on the field with a Travis Kelsey Juju Smith-Schuster and Jarek McKinnon right these guys are basically an all-star team pro bowl team with the amount of speed that you get out of Tony and Hardman and so I think they can be effective with the ball in their hands I think they can be just as effective as decoys where you've already seen it in Tony's return I alluded to it a little bit earlier today where Tony gets the entire defense to move McKinnon leaks out, and then he does his damage. I think you could do the same thing with Travis Kelsey, and who knows what Andy Reid is going to cook up. And there is a benefit to the fact that you don't have any looks scouted with both of these guys together at the on the field at the same time. They only played one game together week nine. So we'll see if Bardman's up. It remains to be seen. If he is, this will be the second game where they're both active together. Uh, this is from at Will Rogers. How confident are you guys in the team making a Super Bowl push with the current issues going on with kicking, offensive struggles, quote, red zone, um, and the defense struggling against wide receiver ones? I think the defense has actually been better in that last thing recently mm-hmm. with the way that LeJerry Sneed has been playing. And you're really seeing Steve Spagnolo send Sneed to go and curb the other team's number one receiver. And when you can do that one-on-one, which Sneed has been proving against the Cortland Suttons and the DK Metcalfs of the world, that's such an advantage because you don't need to double these top-notch guys. And I think, man, if there's ever a test before the test, why not try that on Devontae Adams this weekend and, and ensure that you can do it? I'm not happy about the kicking thing, but if the kicking is going to be a question, you got to be better at those other things. As you mentioned, the the offense in the red zone, which I don't doubt will get better. I'm never going to be someone that thinks Patrick Mahomes is just going to stay in a rut. Uh, and, of course, the ball security is my other thing. We just talked about that, but I think everything needs to be better, yeah. This is from the 816. Uh, I just want <laughs> I want your reaction to this, but it says, "Call me crazy, but wouldn't it be awesome to see a couple of RB or a, a couple of two running back sets with McKinnon and Gordon in the playoffs because they're both excellent pass catchers out of the backfield?" <laughs> I think Melvin Gordon is on the practice squad for insurance for Jarek McKinnon. Okay, that's what I think he's doing. I I don't think we're going to be seeing both of these very similar players up at the same time. No, I don't. I just. I mean, hey, maybe I'll be wrong. I'm never. I'm not. Not always a. Not always telling you I'm going to be 100% right, but I, that's just my feeling. A16, where has Juju been the past two, three weeks? Yeah, not as uh, impactful as, as he had been. I think he'd been working some kinks out when he came back from the injury. He had, had a, a good game. I, I believe it was against Denver the last time and hasn't been as involved. I, I think there's a lot of mouths to feed, right? And, and the Chiefs realized that. I, Travis Kelsey's been a little quieter lately than, than we're used to as well. I just think it, it's a matchup, and one thing we've seen from Mahomes that's been a little different this year is it used to be a Travis Kelsey or Tyree Kill thing every week, whereas now it's a doesn't matter who every week, which is probably for for the better. And you know, I I can almost guarantee that Kelsey and or Juju will have big games in the playoffs because 
it seems like when the playoffs do roll around, Mahomes really turns to his stars, and I think we start to see that as early as what could be next week or the week after. A lot of unknowns right now, but when, once the playoffs begin. So I have a personal question for you. Uh, um, is this No, it's Chiefs-related. Per- okay, I was about yeah, to say. So kind of personal question. Here. What does what does the future look like for this season mm. for Clyde Edwards-Elair? Is he on the roster in the playoffs? I don't think he comes back. Okay. The Chiefs have not ruled it out. I I I just don't. I mean, I think they're they're being nice to the kid. I'm I'm a little bit of the same way when it comes to Jody Fortson. I just think they're having injuries at the end of the year. And Andy Reid has always showed a tendency too is when the team starts rolling, and you'd imagine that they they will be once this Raider game is up and and they head into the playoffs. He doesn't really like to change all that much. And, man, he has a good thing going on with this running back tandem. Isaiah Pacheco, clearly the early down guy, clearly this angry runner and loves and embraces contact and almost gets more fired up by it. Mm -hmm. And then you have Jarek McKinnon in for third downs, and and it's really become a 50-50 split, if not more for McKinnon, which it should be. McKinnon with the ball in his hands has been so good. But I I just don't think you mess with that at this stage. Unless there's an injury, then maybe you consider it. But I, I tend to think that the writing has been on the wall for Clyde. I don't know if he'll even be here next year. I just think it's one of those things where you think about the career that he's had, and now he's been usurped by a rookie even when he was healthy. He is the picture-perfect candidate for change of scenery, which is what I do think you'll see when it comes to him in the offseason. The other one is how great has this defense been for Brett Beach's draft class with the coming along of Karloftis and McDuffie in the last couple of games? Karloftis looks like a veteran, and so does McDuffie. And that is exactly what you want from your rookies by the end of the season. It's not always a, a given. You know, Sometimes you draft first-round busts. Sometimes you draft second-round busts. These guys look really, really good. Now, it's tough to get these season-long rookies like a Micah Parsons that just teared it up the entire year last year. But the Chiefs usually pick like 25 to 30. It's tough to get guys that are immediate impact guys like that where the Chiefs typically draft in the first round. So to draft where they were drafting, to make that move and go up and get Trent McDuffie, and for him to be as good as he has been, a trade ahead of Buffalo who ended up taking Elam, and for McDuffie to be as, as good as he has been has been, I think, a very impressive draft pick. And then Karloftis is is looking like a veteran. He looks like he's comfortable, and he looks like the pass rusher the Chiefs are going to have next year, and they're getting it for the postseason. Like Justin Reed said that thing about how they're not rookies anymore. Yeah, it's a little cheesy. I mean, I'm not going to lie, but yeah. it's real. I really think that's the case. I don't think they're getting a rookie in Carl Loftus. Like, I look at him more as a second-year player into these playoffs, which is exactly what you want to see. What's the recipe going for for Pride and Pete Sweeney the rest of the week? The recipe? Okay, we yeah. got one part preview. The recipe. One part injury up. No, I, we'll keep, it, keep you guys uh, interested uh, with all the updates that are out of Arrowhead, they're, they're dealing with a lot of injuries right now. So we're looking yeah. at that last injury report. Actually, will come on Thursday this week. We'll also get the coordinators and Andy Reid tomorrow. So we'll we'll see um, what they have to say entering this this all important game, and then we'll have you covered throughout the weekend as we get the results. And then, you know, at some point here, we do expect clarity on what happens with Bills and Bengals, which is very important to the Chiefs' chances in the playoffs. And as soon as that comes through, we'll, we'll get you updated at arrowheadpride.com. So plenty of reason to check the website, plenty of reason to, to be right here on 610 Sports Radio where you'll, you'll hear from myself and, and Ron and, and some of our other contributors. 
clean game Sunday, or is it another one of these tight finishes? What's your prediction early on? I mean, actually, it's not really that early on. We have Thursday, Friday. We have two two days until this game against the Raiders. Is it a clean game? Is it a is it a blowout, or is it more so just a get in get out type of feel? Because I know it is. Uh, it's another division game, but you have a chance to go six and zero. I hope they don't have senioritis in this one. Mm. I really don't. I, I think that can happen in the final game. That doesn't mean as much to you. I think the Raiders want this one. I think Jared Stidham wants it because he wants to prove that he should be in that mix next year in a team that's moving on from Derek Carr. I think if you curb Devontae Adams, we'll see how healthy Josh Jacobs is. If he's missing practice today, I know it was personal, but who knows what his status is going to be. I think this is the game that the Chiefs put it all together. Uh, Maybe except for – I I am going to be watching what happens with this kicking game, whether Butker plays, whether it's right – whether they're able to play a clean game. I feel like they'll clean it up on offense and defense. It would be nice to see the kicking game be perfect, too. Well, Pete, uh, we look forward to everything moving forward with uh, with this game against Vegas and uh, the Chiefs. I will say this before you get out of here. Mm. Playoff predictions, who's your strongest teams in the AFC when it comes to Chiefs, Bills, Cincinnati, and uh, and your South winner, the Jags? <laughs> well, just, I, I, like the, I, I still like the Chiefs. I just – until I see them – lose consistently in the playoffs. I'm, I'm just going to go with the Chiefs. I, I I can't believe that Cincinnati is going to go in an arrowhead and win a fourth time this calendar year. I just don't think it's going to happen. So I'll take the Chiefs. I actually probably like the Bengals more than I do the Bills, which might be a little bit of a surprise. And then the Jags for me, and then the Chargers. And then I would take probably the Patriots or the Dolphins ahead of the Baltimore Ravens without Lamar Jackson, who has not shown to be healthy. And so that's that's my quick and dirty ranking for you right there. Mahomes MVP, Chiefs back to the AFC Championship game, waiting on the seating, and then next week we'll do this all over again on Arrowhead Pride Radio on 610 Sports Radio. P, you had a busy day today. You got any plans for this evening, or are you just uh, you getting out of here? I am going to to eat. I don't okay. know what I'm going to eat yet. And pay attention to parlays. And pay attention to parlays that we made. Happy Par Wednesday coming up to you in after hours after the break. That's right. And uh, I think after the Knicks game is over and these parlays are, are set, I'm, I might continue watching Stranger Things. I'm a little late to the party. Are you really? Just for the last season, I've I've seen okay. every season. I just oh, for so some you're reason, not to the you're not to the bolt, nuts and bolts where they're like the two hour episodes yet. I'm I for some reason I delayed watching this last season, and uh, the lady's been sick this week, so Ugh. I got a lot of time in my hands, and I'm I'm catching up. All right, well, yeah. Good morning, my little sunshine. I think that's what he says to her seven times. Pete Sweeney, chief editor of Arrowhead Pride. Thanks to Ron Cobb, lead analyst of Arrowhead Spoiler Pride. Alert. And you'll get there. Uh, Grant Nicholson, thanks for this. Coming up next, it's After Hours with myself, Dusty Likens. We're going to have a little bit of fun. I'm going to try to get you back in the football mood. Plus, there's two different parlays going on, and one of them might be already already over because of a blowout in Charlotte. I'm Dusty Likens. Go to next After Hours. Thanks. Arrowhead Pride Radio.